This episode of Nocturne was brought to you with the support of Audible. Audible has a huge selection of audiobooks, original shows, news, comedy, and more. You can listen while you're on the train, taking a walk, or when you're up in the middle of the night, wide awake, with no hope of falling back asleep. Check out The Night Circus by Erin Morgenstern, in which a mysterious circus appears out of nowhere with no warning. The thing is, it only appears at night. There's magic, greed, love, and best of all, Jim Dale narrating the story in his lovely British accent. Download this or another title. Audible is offering Nocturne listeners a free audiobook with a free 30-day trial. Just go to audible.com slash nocturne, browse their huge selection, download a title free, and start listening. Again, that's audible.com slash nocturne. You're listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Have you ever woken up in the wee hours of the night to find that you're gripped by fears and anxieties that just didn't exist in the light of day? You can lie there awake in bed, in your comfortable home, maybe even next to a loved one, and find your thoughts circling like persistent vultures. And then the morning rolls around, and it's almost impossible to recreate the sense of foreboding that existed just a few hours earlier. If this is a foreign concept to you, count yourself lucky. But it's not an uncommon experience, maybe just one that not a lot of people talk about. This episode of Nocturne is a little different than usual, in that you're going to hear two different stories on the same theme, the funhouse mirror that is 3 a.m. The first story is an excerpt from the lovely Sleep Talker podcast by Beck Fari. The episode, called The Blue Hour, chronicles how one man's anxiety transforms his experience of the night. Hi, uh, I'm Mike Day. I'm a writer from Brisbane. Um, what, are we, what are we looking at? <laughs> um, this is a story uh, that uh, was published by Alien Sheezine called Tears for Fears of the Dark. Okay. <coughs> when I'm really anxious, I become afraid of the dark again. Usually I'm nocturnal, like an owl or a bat or an aardvark. I get to sleep around 4 or 5 a.m. and wake up around 10 or 11 a.m. And this is exactly how I like it most of the time. I like being up in the early morning when everything is quiet and still. In high school, I had this friend who used to call it the blue hour. The time of morning before the sun rises and the sky starts to light up, but the birds aren't out yet. I walk outside and all I can hear is the wind and the hum of distant cars, and I feel peaceful. My anxiety is the enemy of the blue hour. Tonight I spend some time imagining what it would be like to be sucked out of a plane, like in a movie, just flung out into the sky. I watch a video of a GoPro attached to a weather balloon falling from the edge of space, imagining that I am the GoPro. I imagine my body hitting the ground even though I have already died from fear or shock or lack of oxygen. I close my laptop, but then watch the video again on my phone, 
Then for some reason, I searched through the tagged photos on Facebook of someone who I haven't talked to in about four years. The not talking was a decision, but now it seems stupid. I think about talking to them again, but then I remember how once I saw them in a bar wearing a ball gown and how I avoided eye contact. I play this scene over my head at least 30 or so times, trying to remember if they caught me looking. I put my phone away remembering that I read somewhere. Nope. Or someone told me. Plausible. Or I saw on a movie. Likely. That you shouldn't use electronic devices before bed. And then I lie in bed with my eyes fixed on the door because I can't stop imagining Christian Bale from American Psycho standing right behind it. You like Huey Lewis on the news? In 87, Huey released this. Four, their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece is Hip to Be Square. A song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics. But they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of friends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Also, my mouth is now very dry, and I can't sleep without a glass of water, so I decide to get up using the light on my phone to protect me. I open the door quickly so that maybe I can startle Christian Bale, but it turns out he definitely isn't behind the door, although he could be hiding. I move through the house like a member of a SWAT team, checking all the corners, securing the perimeter. I try not to worry that from outside the house, the light moving around looks like a burglar deciding what's good to take. TV, record player, guitars, Lord of the Rings, extended edition DVDs, etc. The taps in the kitchen are so loud, it's fucked, because any hiding Christian Bales will definitely know my location now. I back into my room as nimbly as possible and then vault into my bed. I decide that I am probably safe and turn off my phone light, but it is now 5am. Soon my housemate, who is a vegan chef, will be waking up for the breakfast shift. I wonder whether it will be easier just to stay awake and go to bed tomorrow night. I try to imagine how long I can stay awake for, but I remember that my eyes get very bloodshot when I am tired. Everyone will think I'm stoned or allergic to something. I think about how, when I was a kid, there was this corridor with a corner of my house between the kitchen and my bedroom. I had always imagined that there was something right behind that corner. I can't remember exactly what, but I definitely hadn't seen American Psycho yet. I would have to run around the corner as fast as I could. Now the bed feels very empty. I always sleep better with someone in my bed. I wonder whether I'll ever be able to sustain a long-term relationship. And then the cat comes into my room. We hug for a while, but she wants food, so I get up and feed her. When I go back to bed, I hear my housemate getting ready for work. I feel very bad. It is getting light now. Oh God, I can hear birds now. Fuck birds. Maybe tomorrow will be different. I take some lithium and then some anti-anxiety medication that I should have taken before watching that GoPro video. Think about jerking off just to knock myself out, but sometimes the floorboards creak and I'm having trouble keeping my eyes open watching the door for intruders. It could be a few days or a month later, but when I wake up, my mood is different. And for whatever reason, my anxiety has subsided. The blue hour is beautiful again and my cat decides to sleep in my bed because I'm not constantly moving around and switching the bedside light on and off. I get out of bed before midday, and when I go to bed, there are no Christian bells behind the door, and I'm not afraid of the dark. That was an excerpt from the Sleep Talker podcast by Beck Fari. This next piece features someone whose work you're familiar with if you've gone to our website. Robin Galante creates all the beautiful artwork for Nocturne. I'd met Robin a few times before starting the show, and when I was looking for someone to design the art, I came across a Facebook post where she'd illustrated some of her dreams. 
it was eerie because the visual images she created seemed straight out of my brain. This feeling continued as we collaborated, became good friends, and discovered that we have similar thoughts and anxieties, as well as the impulse to transform them into something creative. And we share the unpleasant experience of having freaky thoughts in the middle of the night that vanish when the sun rises. It's like a veil is lifted. Everything gets magnified at three o'clock in the morning or two o'clock or four o'clock. But that time where, you know, it's not the evening, like where you're making dinner and, and it's not the morning. It's just kind of this like no man's land. I feel like my thoughts take on a new importance and a new weight and all my defenses are down. I'm Robin Galante, and I'm an artist, visual artist, and I'm a songwriter, and I'm a writer. Robin's one of the most creative people I know. When she found herself struggling with worry-fueled insomnia, she blogged, illustrated, and wrote a song about it. So the blog post is called... 3 a.m. And the song is called... 3 (laughs) a.m. Um, I'm creative, but not with titles. (laughs) It was kind of one of those nights where I got up probably to get a glass of water or whatever and um, went back to bed and just started thinking and overthinking and analyzing and kind of keeping myself up at night. And I thought this would be an interesting thing to write about. I wrote the lyrics that night. I recorded it on my iPhone right after I wrote it, just as a lullaby to myself. At night, the sounds are magnified. You know when you try to find your pulse and it's kind of hard to find? Well, at nighttime, I feel like I am a pulse. Like my whole body is this big beating heart in the bed and I can hear it in my ears and I can feel it in my feet and in my hands, and it's really loud all of a sudden. And, you know, I can feel, like, my body as this really fragile thing. In the middle of the night, it's a short journey from noticing your heartbeat to thinking about when it will stop. I'll start off by thinking about my day or something equally innocuous to try to go to sleep. And then death comes in as a subject. (laughs) And I just start thinking about it in a different way. Like during the day, I can have the thoughts that I have at at that time. And they just kind of slip by and I forget about them. And I go on with, you know, I just go, that's crazy. And at nighttime, it's exaggerated. So I can have a thought during the day, you know, like when I was driving here, I was on the bridge and this huge big rig kind of came close to my car. And I had a fleeting thought, oh, that car could hit me and that could be curtains and whatever. And then I continued driving and I forgot about it. Well, at nighttime, I could have that thought, and it's like, it's real, and it's important, and it's something that I should really think about and take seriously, you know? It it just, there's no perspective, it's just that thought. On the nights where it's difficult, I'll wake up at around one or two or three, and start spinning on something. And it can start out as something kind of harmless, like, oh, I haven't talked to so-and-so in a while. Um, I wonder how she's doing. She's probably busy with her family. Wow, it's been kind of, it's been a really long time since I've talked to her. When was the last time? I wonder if I said something wrong. I, said something I wonder wrong. if 
she's mad at me. And then, who else is mad at me? And then, I wonder if everybody is mad at me. I wonder, if, do I have friends? You know, and I don't have any children. I'm like the only person that doesn't have children. What's wrong with me? You know, and then, you know, and then it just, you know, and then it just, and your life is going by, and wait, you know, and I'm gonna die. And so it it starts out with I wonder what my friend is doing, and it ends with I'm gonna die. All within roughly 25 seconds. I went through a period of pretty intense anxiety after my mom passed away a couple of years ago. I, I usually hadn't thought about death before she passed, and then now I have proof. I have evidence that it actually happens. You could die right now. Your heart could just stop beating right now. And while during the day, I'm like, nah, that's really unlikely. At nighttime, it could happen. I'll think, have I done everything that, that I want to do? And have I accomplished the things that I've set out to accomplish? What are those things? Those middle of the night thoughts can take on a palpable aura of menace. They feel real and dangerous, and they go around in an endless loop. And inexplicably, they lose all their power when the sun comes up. You can call up the same thoughts at 7 a.m., and they're harmless. Why this happens is a frustrating and exhausting mystery. I just feel more vulnerable at that time of night. I really don't have an explanation for it. It is, it's like a visceral feeling. I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. And there's this feeling like I'm utterly and absolutely alone. And not just in my bed, I'm not, but in the world and in my life. I'm going through my life alone, and we all are. And that hits me at night. And I don't think that's untrue. I think it's true, and I think it's profound. And it during the day, when I have that thought, I think that's kind of an interesting, beautiful kind of thought. And at night, it's terrifying. Why? Like, why the difference? I know. Like, right now, talking about it, I'm like, wow, that's really deep, man, you know? <laughs> and I can sort of laugh about it, and I can see the whole kind of picture. But at night, it's just this, like, little feeling like I'm curled up, and, and I'm, I'm like an infant, you know? <laughs> like, it's just a really, really vulnerable feeling. There's another side of the coin, though. One night, I was like, I'm going to get up instead of just sitting here in bed with all these thoughts and all these feelings. And by going in the other room and turning on, we have dimmers in our apartment. Um, and so I can turn on the light so it's a nice glow. And I sit on the couch, and um, it's really kind of a lovely feeling. That same solitude and that same magnification of my feelings and the sounds becomes almost like a friend. It's really weird. It's like I feel comforted by the same things that sort of devastated me in bed. <laughs> I don't think spinning on those thoughts is the most helpful thing at that time of night. And if there's anything that I've learned, it's to kind of let the thoughts come rather than argue with them. Arguing never works at night. <laughs> So I've learned to 
kind of observe the thoughts instead of following them, just kind of observing. There's something very useful there. I think there's kind of a magical quality about it, even though it can be sort of devastating. I think there's something really beautiful about that time and about the things that we don't usually give a lot of time to during the day. Like our place in the world, our purpose, are we doing what we really want to be doing? Those are the big questions that I think I've come up with at that time um, that sometimes masquerade as death, where death is the easy kind of thing to think about. These are the thoughts that are useful and I think living a better life. I like being awake at that time now, if I get past all the other stuff. Here's to the people who can find new shapes in the darkness and who can give the rest of us hope that there might be a window behind the funhouse mirror. You've been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. Thanks to Audible for supporting Nocturne. For a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial, go to audible.com slash nocturne. Thank you to Beck Fari for sharing the Blue Hour from the Sleep Talker podcast. Also, thank you to Robin Galante. You can find links for the Sleep Talker podcast and Robin Galante's blog at nocturnepodcast.org in the notes for this episode. Nocturne is proud to be a member of The Herd, a collective of smart and beautiful storytelling podcasts. Check out all the shows in The Herd at theherdradio.com. That's H-E-A-R-D. Thanks for listening.
eyes grow tired trying to see all they can see watching the moon and the stars fade to blue my thoughts turn to dreams finally